Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we're convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks at greenvilleoaks.org and connect with us on social media. We would love it if you could rate and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Wade Hodges. Hello, everyone. It's good to see everyone here today. Greetings also to those who are watching online. Glad we can all be together in this way. If you would please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. I'm continuing my series of messages in which I'm interacting with our congregation's core values. And today we're going to read and work with this story in Luke 19 because it sets the foundation or the basis for our core value of celebrating transformation. So let's begin reading Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus was a wealthy tax collector, which is to say he was despised by his neighbors because he made his money at their expense. And this despised, wealthy tax collector takes an interest in Jesus and climbs a tree so that he can see him because he was short. Zacchaeus, that is, not Jesus. Jesus was six foot four and full of muscle, so I've been told. (laughs) Zacchaeus, have you heard? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. And he took an interest in Jesus. And Jesus takes an interest in this short, despised, wealthy tax collector and invites himself over to his house, the assumption being they're going to share a meal together. This was not proper form in the ancient world. It's not the smoothest move today. But there is a deeper purpose 
behind Jesus's unexpected behavior. And it's revealed when the crowd mutters, he's going to the house of a sinner. There Jesus goes again, spending time with the wrong people. And when they finally do get to his house, we're not told what they talk about or how long they talk. But at some point, and I imagine in the middle of the meal, at some point, Zacchaeus stands up and pledges to give most of his money away and indicates that he is no longer going to exploit his neighbors. It's an amazing turnaround from Zacchaeus. It's an amazing story. And it captures so well Jesus' method for ministry. First, he welcomes and accepts a sinner by going into his house and eating with him. It's scandalous, it's controversial, makes the crowd grumble. And then that sinner responds to Jesus' acceptance by repenting of his sins. It's an amazing story, but it's also a bit threatening. Because it shows Jesus came not just to tweak our lives a bit, not just to make some recommendations for some small changes we can make in a few areas of our lives that don't really matter. No, this story shows that Jesus comes to turn our lives and our world upside down. It's striking to me that the change Zacchaeus pledges to make has to do with the area upon which his identity is built. Who is Zacchaeus? He's a wealthy tax collector. How did he make his money? By exploiting others. And this is the first thing Zacchaeus knows he must change after spending some time with Jesus. What do you think would be the first area of your life you would pledge to change if Jesus came over to your house? You already know, don't you? Jesus responds to Zacchaeus' pledge with a declaration. He says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Son of Abraham was a Jewish way of saying that Zacchaeus belonged to the family of God. He was a member of God's family. And this pledge he makes is the first step for him toward living into this new identity. There's some fun wordplay in this story. Because at the very beginning, what does Jesus say to Zacchaeus? He says, today I must come to your house, or I must come to your house today. And then later in verse 9, Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. Zacchaeus, I must come to your house today. Today salvation has come to this house. And the name Jesus means the Lord saves. The name Jesus means salvation. So when Jesus invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house, salvation is literally 
walking into the house to save another lost son of Abraham. And when Jesus says to Zacchaeus, salvation has come to this house, do you think he's saying to him, congratulations, Zacchaeus, because you're giving a lot of your money away, you're now going to go to heaven when you die? You think that's what Jesus means by salvation here in this story? No, salvation is so much more than that. What is salvation in this story for Zacchaeus? What is it for us? In this story, salvation is having your identity, your way of life, your way of relating to your neighbors transformed by Jesus. Zacchaeus will no longer be known as a despised tax collector. He will no longer be known as a sinner, a religious outcast. He should not primarily be known as a wee little man who could not see Jesus. From this moment forward, in Jericho, Zacchaeus will be known as a generous member of God's family. Because salvation walked into his house when Jesus invited himself over for dinner. Now, this story is not just about what happened between Zacchaeus and Jesus a long, long time ago. It can also be about what is happening to us right now. As Jesus is still inviting himself into our lives. Jesus is still coming to us, inviting himself over to our house. And when salvation walks into our house, transformation begins. When salvation walks into our house, transformation begins. Now, it's not necessarily an instant transformation. We might read this story and get the expectation that Everything about our lives could change after one meal with Jesus. And that can happen. And sometimes it does happen. We can have moments, flashes of insight. We can have dramatic experiences that leave us instantly and forever changed. But for most of us, transformation is going to happen over the course of a lifetime. It's a long, ongoing process. And even for Zacchaeus, there's no guarantee it was easy for him to follow through on his pledge after Jesus left town. It's easy to come forward during the song of invitation. It's more challenging to begin to live out what you pledge after you come forward. I bet it took some time for Zacchaeus to break old habits and develop new patterns of thinking and behaving. I'm sure his neighbors did not immediately treat him differently. It took time for him to gain their trust, demonstrating that he truly was a changed man. But still, the power of this story is that it shows us what can happen when Jesus enters our lives and we spend some time with him. To the comfortable and the complacent, this story is a warning 
Be careful how much time you spend with Jesus. Be careful about inviting Jesus, welcoming Jesus into your home. Because the more time you spend with Jesus, the more likely he is to start messing with your life. And one of the obstacles that keeps some from following Jesus is not that they read a story like this and can't understand what happens in it. The obstacle is they read a story like this and they understand exactly what happens. They understand the implications immediately. And so they keep Jesus at a distance. They observe or admire him from afar, but never really follow. They don't want to get too close to Jesus, and they hope Jesus never comes too close to them because they don't want him messing with their lives. To the comfortable and the complacent, this story is a warning. Be careful. But to the broken, to the desperate, to those who are looking for something more out of life, this story offers a word of hope. What was Zacchaeus doing in that tree? What would drive him to that extreme? He's wealthy. He's powerful. He has the government on his side. Why would he lower himself by climbing a tree? Why draw attention to himself up in a tree? Because something's missing. He's curious. He wants to see Jesus. He wonders if maybe Jesus has the answer. And when Jesus sees a despised rich guy up a tree, he sees an opportunity for a life-changing conversation and meal. And what Jesus does with and for Zacchaeus, Jesus can do with and for us. This is the kind of story that builds our confidence in the gospel. And sometimes I need my confidence in the gospel to be fortified. Several years ago, I read Lauren Hillenbrand's best-selling book, Unbroken. It tells the amazing, true story of the life of Louis Zamperini. It's been made into a movie, but the movie skips some of the best parts of the story. Louis Zamperini was first an Olympian, and then he was a bombardier in World War II. He survived 47 days in a raft, drifting at sea after his plane crashed. Finally, he was rescued. No, he was found. No, he was captured by the Japanese, who then imprisoned him and treated him brutally for two years until the war ended. After the war, he struggled with PTSD and alcohol and anger. And he was on the verge of losing his marriage. His wife was going to leave him when something happened that turned his life around. And as I was reading the book, it was obvious something was coming. It was obvious that his life was 
going to be transformed by something. You don't tell this life story unless there's some transformation that alters his trajectory. It was obvious something was coming. And as I'm reading the book, I'm thinking, I wonder what it is. I wonder what's going to change Louis Zamperini's life. I wonder what the catalyst will be that is going to make a difference in this man's life who suffered so much, who's so angry, who can't get control of his life. I wonder what it will be. What is going to change his life? I have no idea. And near the end of the book, Hillenbrand tells the story of Zamperini's transformation. He he gave his life to Jesus at a Billy Graham crusade. And everything changed. Jesus made a difference in Louis Zamperini's life. Jesus transformed Louis Zamperini and made his life story worth telling and sharing and turning into a movie. Well, of course, that's who did it. But I must confess that when I was thinking through all the possibilities that could change someone's life in such a dramatic way, him having a life-changing experience encounter with Jesus was not at the top of my list. I was surprised. Hmm, Jesus changes lives. Now, what's my sermon about this Sunday? Louis Zamperini's story and others like it is just like Zacchaeus' story. They're the kind of stories that build our confidence in the gospel so that we expect Jesus to change lives. And we're not surprised when he does. We might even go so far as to make one of our core values as a church celebrating transformation because we have come to expect Jesus to transform lives with regularity. We expect people to become more generous when they meet Jesus, just like Zacchaeus. We expect people to begin to eliminate destructive habits and behaviors when they are accepted and welcomed and saved by Jesus. We expect people to treat others with more grace and mercy and kindness because of the way Jesus is treating them. And we expect this kind of transformation to take place, not just in other people, but also in us. Now, are these claims too bold? all this talk of life change and transformation, do we expect too much out of the gospel? I don't think we do. The issue for many is not that they gave Jesus a chance and he didn't deliver. They sat down with Jesus and Jesus didn't make a difference. The issue is that they never let themselves get close enough to Jesus to find out what happens when salvation walks into their house. To say we expect transformation is to say that we are not content to admire or observe Jesus from afar. Instead, we want to be close 
to him. We want to see him. We'll climb a tree to get a better view. And we will welcome him into our lives because we want him to walk into our house. Knowing that when he does, he can turn our lives and our world upside down. In fact, we're counting on it. And we are always ready to celebrate it when it happens. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this story that has been preserved for 2,000 years now. We ask that you would open our hearts and allow us to read it with the eyes of faith and that it would bolster our confidence in the gospel, that it would teach us and train us to expect you to enter our lives, to walk into our houses and transform us. Lord, while we, we don't want to be surprised by transformation, we also don't want to take it for granted. So we thank you for the difference you're making in us. We thank you for the stories present in this room that testify to your power to transform, to turn around, to make a difference. And we ask that as we sink deeper into the gospel as you continue to transform us. We will be a church always celebrating the difference you're making in our lives and in our world. It's in the transforming name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Thank you so much for listening to the message from the Greenville Oaks message broadcast. We hope this message enriched your life and can help you inspire others to follow Jesus because we honestly believe following Him is the best way of life possible. Be sure to connect with us online on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.